Hi, I'm Prophet Nati. Thanks for listening to the Caribbean Cannabis Channel. Meditate with us every Monday as we seek to educate you on the latest developments and personal stories of those shaping the cannabis economy across the region. Now here's your program. Um, just the education and the taking away the taboo behind it is mm. what my purpose and my goal is. Um, otherwise, we just love to be around here, but we plant is something that we can't deny it. We can't deny plant as food, we can't deny plant as medicine. And just to get people to see that or just be acceptable of that mm-hmm. is that needs to be happening or needs to be done within Trinidad's community and the Caribbean. Correct, I definitely agree. And we hear any passion from from your voice um, already. So just tell me um, what you're smoking on this morning, if anything at all. I am actually low budget smoking. <laughs> um, I don't like to call it name, but low budget smoking is just what I have. I actually um, got a bud from a friend of mine, which was pretty good. It's uh, can't remember the name of it to be honest with you, but it has mm-hmm. a very nice fruity flavor. And then well, I dab, I dab, I dab, I dab. Today we are dabbing on some. Nog Run Shatter. It is orange cookies. Hmm, song tasty. It is actually, it's very, um, has a citrus kind of lemony kind of taste, which I like. Alright, the vibes, vibes. So, yeah. when you started off by saying that cannabis has been a passion for you, so you want to tell us a little bit about how cannabis became that passion? Where, where did that journey start for you? Um, I think like most people, I started smoking cannabis as everybody else was doing it all the neighbors were smoking it's like i actually should try it and i'm like okay i'll try a bite um, i'm not that spicy person where i try a whole heap of stuff i've never tried any other drugs i've never tried anything like that but i was very open i mm-hmm. saw the, the effect that it had on them which was just them laughing for like entire three hours and playing music and stuff so i'm like why not um so yeah, my sister took the first smoke and then she she gave it the confirmation that yeah, Ayana, this is this is it. Let's try it. And I smoked it first time and since then I've always felt happy about it. I've never felt that this is something wrong I'm doing. Um at that point in time it was completely illegal in Trinidad. This was umpteen years ago. Um but it never felt wrong. It never mm-hmm. felt like I was harming my body. It never felt like I was harming people around me. It never felt as if I was doing something wrong morally. So from then I knew this is this is not a drug, like my mother used to tell me. This is definitely something that has a benefit, has a ulterior motive, as we would call it in human world. Mm-hmm. And so I just from there just went and I moved away very early. So I got to experience different strains of cannabis very early in my smoking. Um, from 18, I was learning about tips and what bud is what and what strains are good for what from just being outside of Trinidad and being in places where one, it was now being accepted medically. And then quickly after that, it was starting to legalize in certain states. So I was always very open to learning about cannabis outside of Trinidad. So that got me... Well, that put me in my, I would say that gave me my experience to understand it on a whole different level, on a consumption from medication level, on a economy 
cannabis level as well, being outside of Trinidad and seeing how cannabis works outside of Trinidad, that gave me a very big head start to coming back home to trying to be part of a community that needs some sort of formality. Okay, great. Yeah, I actually had the um, similar experience. I mean, I, I think most persons started off um, because they saw their, their neighbors, their, their friends, um, just doing it for, for the laughs and the kicks, as you, as you said. But you said that you were in the states when a lot of the legalization, the criminalization was taking place. So you said that you spent a lot of your t- um, teenage into early adulthood years in um, America? Yeah, I left on at 18. So between 18 and 27, I was outside, living life, going to school, working, mm-hmm. that kind of thing traveling and seeing how different people react to cannabis you saw the ones who were strictly on it for medication you saw the ones who were just recreationally using cannabis um, you saw the ones who never even smoked but they were so open to just being around people who smoke cannabis because it's different than being around somebody who drinks alcohol or who does other drugs the vibe is just a different vibe yeah that's you know? that's true um, when I, I actually used to drink alcohol and smoke cigarettes in my early um, teenage years, unfortunately. Stopped now, thankfully. Um, and that's mainly due to um, switching my direct focus on cannabis. Because, as you said, it felt correct, like it suited your, your body. And I got a similar experience because I can remember drinking sometimes, smoking cigarettes. And I would just feel off, like it just never really did that for me. And, you know, in Trinidad, we have the culture of rolling our um, our herb onto cigarettes. So that's how I really started smoking cigarettes as well. Um because of that 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 practice and w- only when it reached to the funk, as we just call it, which is the cigarette part after the um THC hit it for those that are um, not familiar with what a funk is. I, I I used to feel sick, like there was this intense feeling of I don't know, it was just how off a off put and that that just got me to realise that, you know, cannabis has never made me feel like that. I've always felt much better um, with that use, whether it would have been um, smoking indirectly, um, making teas, my own oils, these different things. So I was just like, you know what, let me stick with cannabis and we'll go from there. And it's, it's great to see that a lot of persons now, not just um, the older gen, but a lot of our younger persons now around my age group, interested and actually engaging themselves in the education of um cannabis and what it can do for them and benefit them on that um wide level so remember that mm-hmm. cannabis is a multi-million dollar industry true we have a lot of people who are okay with making the money from cannabis mm-hmm. it's not really a factor of education it's not a factor of advocacy it's not a factor of of medicinal purposes for them. For them, they just understand the market it is. They understand how much that market could benefit them financially, and they work with cannabis. So a lot of people, especially now, especially now that you see most of the world is opening up to the legalization and the actual monetization of cannabis, you see a lot of people taking it for because they know the multi-million dollar industry. Everybody knows the medicine industry, the pharmaceutical industry is a multi-million dollar. And cannabis can do almost anything any other pharmaceutical drug can. So, full stop, we just know the amount of money that can be produced through this industry. So that's where you see a lot of people jump on as 
cannabis lovers, as cannabis entrepreneurs, and those kind of things, because they know the money. It has nothing, a lot of it has nothing to do with the advocacy or the education behind it. And that's the sad part about the industry. That's the sad, sad part about the industry. But they have the ones who will still be very much want to educate people, who want to, to spread that cannabis is not just a drug. Like, that is the biggest thing that we need to push right now, but people stop calling it a drug. It's still called a drug because it is scheduled one. It's still on one of the, it's still on the scheduling for the Drug Act in America. Mm. Right? We're actually in the in conversations or in debates to, t- to remove it as completely removed from the schedule, the schedule list of people making not a drug. And this way, you will not be able to see different cannabis products being FDA approved and those kind of stuff. But for right now, we still, on a worldwide level, we still have a very, very big um, formality to cross before we can see cannabis being anything bigger than it is right now, especially in Trinidad. Especially here, like, I think in, in the region, I feel like out of the capability that we have, compared to a lot of those as well who have begun the the med- medicinal side as well as the adult use purpose side of it, such as Barbados, Jamaica, St. Vincent, we we have a long way to go in terms of even starting that, that process. And you, you touched on a very important part that I actually wanted to, to talk on, and that was the the quote-unquote cannabis industry. Now, personally speaking, I don't like the use of the word industry for it. Um, reason being, it kind of gives it this mechanical feel, a kind of manufacturing sense alone when... Well, 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 cannabis can use can be used to manufacture everything that we see around us, our houses, our clothes, our um, materials, our mm-hmm. rope, that kind of stuff. So we have to say that it's an industry because it is an industry. It's not just a community of people who just want to see it do good. It is something that can do good for a nation. Correct. Economically, I think you should be labeled as an industry. And this is where we in Trinidad need to understand that that is our best foot forward. Like, no bad minded, nobody in Trinidad, but we are not, our climate and our region, our environment, is not built to grow in Dika hard. We need to smoke, be smoking like our jungle boys and all these people be smoking, being a boy and all that be smoking. Okay. We are in an environment where we can produce hemp that makes rope, that makes concrete, that makes clothing. Like how we used to have bauxite. Mm-hmm. Like these Think that that's what how we as a country in Trinidad could benefit from the use of cannabis. No, correct. Um, I totally, I totally agree with you, with you there in, in that sense. But the reason why I said so because the the use of certain words, like even though what we personally know what an industry is, like to the to the general to the general person, when you hear industry, it kind of separates it from the full economy that it is, which you just described, which is not just the the manufacturing of concrete, rope, and these different things, but it also touches on the health sector, touches on spiritual use, it touches on um, just the day-to-day living of persons. So that's why I, I kind of opted personally just to not just use the word industry, but also refer to it as an economy so persons could get that greater understanding of what it can do for, for everybody. Yeah. So in terms of um, going into your own personal development and cannabis use advocacy i know that you all would have started the ladies of 420 page um mainly for that person so what really went into the creation the conception of that um that brand 
just wanted something where my sister and I both wanted something that we we weren't ashamed to put our name to. Cannabis is something we have never hit, whether it's illegal or not. Mm-hmm. Um, both been arrested for cannabis, so we've been there. We've done that. We've we've been through the times where it's taboo. We've been through the times where our parents are like, "Oh my God, you're all smoking, you're all drugs, blah blah blah." <laughs> we've been through that. So for us, we wanted to have a space, a platform where we can kind of help others through that. Mm-hmm. Kind of like, okay, let me give you the education. Let me, you know, let me show you it's not just about smoking weed and getting high. Let me be able to tell you, okay, like so this is this is what happens when cannabis hits your body. This happens when THC mixes with CBD and the entourage effect and so on, so forth and so forth. So we wanted a place, and then I guess it was just easier to have one platform to it rather than doing it on my personal page or my sister's page. Mm-hmm. Um, and being the fact that we had already had Godada Movement, which is our clothing brand, I think it was easy for us to branch up into that to also possibly kind of um, mesh it too. So the two are now lifestyle brands. So whereas you will see lately the 420, we do not just education, we also do events t-shirts we do body care products so it's a kind of a range of of a brand and basically we wanted this brand to be cannabis oriented because this is a major part of who my sister and i are and now that well can late before 20 came up in 2015 so it was about three years before Trinidad kind of legalized mm-hmm. years. so it was still very taboo but we wanted to be able to have that spot to to let it know that okay we okay this spot you're okay to come here nobody's judging you we are the ones who are motivated driven and inspired by cannabis like anything mm-hmm. we do comes out of out of a, a cannabis thought or uh you know something like that okay great great so who who are, who's the face and who is the muscle person that's that's the administrative thing how do we both of your balance balance that um okay well easy for my sister and I to do one do one. So my sister does the Wadada, which is the fashion and stuff, and then mm-hmm. I do it to what Just as how it just kind of panned out. And then we have both our personal page. Um, yeah. Okay, great. So nothing is done without each other's confirmation. That's sisterhood that we like to like to see. It's a company too that my sister and I partner. So legally we have no choice but <laughs> to reach out to each other, make sure that both partners are okay with step forward okay great and um one of the things you touched on is in terms of if you're if you're comfortable with sharing you said that you would have been arrested for cannabis and personally i i was too at a, a young age for for possession um while well, i was in a school zone so they had to quote unquote label it trafficking which is a very weird a weird yeah. concept but anywho yeah so um what was it locally in trinidad and tobago was it a way um how did did it have any um, impact on, on y'all? Okay, so the first time, okay, well, the first place I actually got encountered um, a police situation was when I was in America, I was in Miami. Um, I literally just picked up an ounce of high grade and I said I wanted to smoke in the car, which I do not encourage. <laughs> and um, the, person, the person who was with me, they like, nah, nah, wait till we show up, wait till we show up, blah, blah, blah. I obviously didn't listen and... My foot is a little heavy, so we, the officer pulled us over for speeding. Um, he smelled, he smelled the cannabis, obviously, the car, and he asked me to step out of the car. 
he asked me if he's here, she can't, if I didn't find anything, I was like, no, 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 because I think I, I pretty much thought I hid it away properly. <laughs> and then he's like, okay, if I bring my dog, as soon as she can, I'm like, no, the dog will find it. So he's like, just bring it to me. I never just gave it to him, but he was actually pretty cool. What, what I think was the reason is because at that point in time, I was still in school, in university, I was working. Mm-hmm. So I was talking to the officer, he knows I wasn't just somebody just sitting at home smoking weed or was something that I was selling, it was just in my personal lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Um, so he pretty much kind of left me off with a warning on a speeding ticket. Um, he made me through my entire ounce of wow. Yeah, I said, watch it blow away with every car that passed. But yeah, but that, that was in America, and I always thought America's leniency on cannabis was so much easier than Trinidad. Mm-hmm. Come back. Trinidad now, um, rolling in a teeter. I know it's a friggin' teeter that probably threw it off. Pull up in a roadblock and the officer pulled us over. Um, that day I was kind of rushing when I jumped in the car, so I didn't get time to put away my grade to hide it anyway. So he literally said, Can I see your bag? And I'm like, Yeah, go ahead. And he literally just, within two handfuls, he pulled out my grade. It was like five grams. Five wow. grams. And he's like, uh, Yeah, getting locked up. But I think the judge was pretty cool and she's like, don't do that again, reprimand and discharge. So I got pretty lucky. Okay. I'm well, good to hear that's it. Okay, but still, it is a very... Like, I don't understand the purpose of going through all of this height and behind. Because we know the whole system has been flawed from, from the get-go. Um, not just with cannabis, but um, generally. The whole justice system. Correct, like, correct. And but this is the thing, sorry to cut it, but this is the mm-hmm. thing that I was actually trying to, to, to express the other day. Um, when I got locked up for five grams, I thought that was like retarded. I thought that was the most absurd possible. This five grams is not even filling the palm of your hand. And I'm still spending time in jail. I had to go into court twice, background check, all that nonsense for five grams. Now I can have 30 grams and be cool. I am grateful for those 30 grams. Like I don't need to find a, find a place where Okay, we now need to go and fight to have all the weed free up in the world that we can walk with 200 pounds on us. Mm-hmm. I'm great for my 30 grams and I'm free because I was getting locked up for five. I've known people who've gotten locked up for 0.5 of a gram or 0.3 of a gram as well. So, I mean, for us to get now 30 grams, I am so grateful for those 30 grams. Like, 30 grams could last me a night if I go out to Lime or to party or whatever. 30 grams is enough. So, you know. I'm pretty grateful for that. That's one point I was trying to express the other day when one of our community members got arrested when they went in his house. He was over the limit. Um, and some people were pretty much fighting the fact that the police are wrong and blah, blah, blah. But really and truly, they're not wrong. And this is where we have to, have to, have to be more vigilant about Trinidad's cannabis community. If we want it to be something that is legit and something that we can build off our future. This is not something that we are going to be sweeping the seeds for now. This mm-hmm. is something that our seeds for and our children, our grandchildren will be the ones who are enjoying what we have done and what we have created or the community we have created around cannabis later on in life. So for me now, 30 grams is fine, but I know we put in the work now so that when my child or my children's children uh, able to grow a hundred plants in their yard and it's medicine that they can now use properly and not have to 
limit themselves or anything like that. So. Okay, that's a um, an interesting perspective because a lot of the a lot of times, as you said, persons as well, at least in Trinidad, because this is the main community that I'm familiar with, it's it's a big hassle um, for persons because they don't like the 30 grams limit. But as you said, it's... Yeah. As a, anybody, as a person, going out, leaving their house for the night, when it is you going to a party, to your friend's house, and you have more than 30 grams on there, you're selling weed. Let's be real. True, if fact, yes. If all your friends smoking and all your friends have their tete grams you don't need more than tete grams in your life mm-hmm. tete grams it's good yeah tete grams is decent tete grams people can't drive home properly i've seen like i've seen people who <laughs> tolerant well it's like this with two or three grams and they're good imagine a whole life every five every ten people in your life have tete grams i was like that's a good life that's a good enjoyment mm-hmm. free night you know, even if you don't drink or nothing, take a gram to a person in a life, you're good for a night, three, five, six hours in a life, maybe you have to eat at 10, you're going to go home at 10 o'clock. And 30 grams is good. The way 30 grams is, is definitely enough. Um, you're putting it into perspective for me because, like, I, I understand the 30 grams limit, I understand that we need to start at somewhere, but I guess it's some part of you just know, like, why can't I just have that, that 200 pounds, as you said? I mean, it's not a necessity. But you know that's the tour that persons have. But if we really want to to make it legitimate and actually make a market for it and ourselves, not just locally but also regionally as well as internationally, um, I guess this is is something we have to understand at the get go with at least this thirty grams amount. Because if we don't understand it here now, when we actually it becomes legitimate, persons will overdo as we say. And in this country, we know how persons are in terms of the law, etc. So. If you want to make that name and that impact, then I, it does make sense for us to first understand that 30 gram limit and, and work with it, you know? It's not even, I know people hate me when I say this, it's not even, but it's like a, it's like a step, it's baby steps, we're in Trinidad. If you don't understand what kind of country Trinidad is, you're sleeping under a rock. Mm-hmm. You don't understand that shit only happens in Trinidad when money is passed or when some other big boy is ready to profit it will happen we as a young community in Trinidad, what we need to do is build a resource fund a resources the fact where we have as much resources as any one percenter so now we can sit down in those meetings and say hey listen i have a million dollars to invest in this economy with cannabis what you want to do for me because this is what they're doing this is what the rituals and whoever else and whoever they're calling it they're not sure for sure but mm-hmm. we know they have people already who have business plans, who have loans already, who have establishments and already built up to be cannabis producers and cannabis growers in Trinidad legally. We know this. Right? Correct. They're not, I just told you. Right? So we now, as a community, especially the smaller ones who are more entrepreneurial, we now have to come together as a collective and get resources to be as competitive as those other as other other brands mm-hmm. that's just how the business world is if you don't have that capital to put in your business is not going to be as great as this so you can open a kfc franchise you can have capital to open a kfc franchise or you can be start and be a small business and be a mom and pop selling fried chicken so it's your choice but we know the mom and pops who selling fried chicken is not the ones who are going to have the ability to make decisions on the price of chicken on the price how they sell or how it this they just literally have to follow the, the, the standard that is set by KFC. So now we need to 
drunk from that mom and pops mm. fried establishment with weed to go to a KFC level, and that only happens with resources. As a as a community, collectively, we don't have the resources because you're still seeing cannabis growers and cannabis advocates, ad, ad, other advocates who get arrested and have fines and fines to pay. They can't pay themselves. They have to go for folk go fund me. They have to have barbecues. They have to have some kind of fundraiser to now pay the fines that they have to pay the government for for their for their um for their conviction. Mm-hmm. So if we was a community that had funds, they won't be studying that. They don't already know they're part of this community and they will be helped out. People are gonna have a fun way listen, you will deal with your your whether you're a registered member of the community, whether you're paying members' fees or however. We need to come a collective and have some sort of resources to be able to say anything like how big corporations could say something when it comes to changing the laws in Japan. That's all it is. And once we, we're not going to be able to do that, we as a small people, this small community that we have growing in Trinidad, is going to stay that small business community. Just like any other small business. You have to have that investment of resources. Now, I don't know if this is you telling us that you have this in your works, but if you oh, do, but um, we definitely need to get it in your works. And a while back when cannabis now decriminalizing, I don't even want to use the word decriminalizing, we were allowed to, have, to possess cannabis. Mm-hmm. Um, a group of us came together and we formed Trinidad Tobago Cannabis Society, a non-profit organization that we're basically here to pool resources, which is lawyers, doctors, Anybody in the cannabis industry, we come to be want to be able to have you as a resource to do something that we need to do. Whether it is we have somebody like Chris Gellock the other day, we he needs a lawyer. We have the resources to do that. We didn't do it, but this is what we want to have happen in the future. Okay. But then COVID happened and then we didn't stop and life continued without thoughts. I think for me personally, I think we have more important things happening right now in Trinidad than to study cannabis right now. Like cannabis, we have our telegrams that we run with that, we stay healthy with that, but we have some other things that we need to deal with as a bigger community, and the cannabis community should speak out on these other things. But True, because it, it, will, it will impact them, whether it's directly or indirectly, and it, it all goes back to the resources and our understanding as well, which is the, the reason why we need to have the spaces such as the Ladies of 420, the Caribbean Cannabis Channel and others where we are able to actually as sort of look out for each other because we understand how it does work and we, we don't want to see our brothers and sisters take wrong routes that affects them negatively and doesn't get the growth that one they're looking for for themselves as well as the, the community. So it's, it's um needed where we need to have those spaces for, for education and advocacy, not just on the cannabis at the moment right now, but as well as the... Well, with, with that being said, I guess that everything in terms of events also for, for ladies of 20, so I'm currently halted because I know um, every year you'll have an annual um, dinner or so forth. Uh, after this year, we are doing a dinner. You have any dinner? Okay, great. But we're doing it in a very, very limited space. Mm-hmm. Uh, who already signed up to our Ladies Before 20 um, subscription, you'll probably get an email pretty soon about information about it. Um, but yeah, it's going to be very, very limited. Um, I think we need, we, have, we need to have a socialization back out, especially socialization around cannabis. Our last thing got totally obscured 
when we set on lockdown, um, I was pretty much disappointed at how we'd have to kind of evolve the event. But I really want to hope that this next infused dinner, possibly in November, will be something that we could actually execute and not have to worry about too much COVID restrictions. Great, see me, see me. I was actually supposed, I think I did sign up um, last year, but yeah, if you said it got dissolved, I think that's why I probably didn't make it if it did happen. I can't recall, but I think I did sign up last year. Um, but yeah, okay, that's great. So I'm um, going into another aspect of of your own cannabis life, your your business, the education. Um, I know that you all would have um, just recently wrote, um, constructed, drafted the CBD for beginners. What it is, it is a collective. Mm-hmm. Um, and information and studies about CBD that has been summarized and we have we own the rights to the book okay you know share to spread the information and what type of information what is the inside of, of the book like persons um, can look forward to basically it's a CBD 101 mm-hmm. it basically explains to you what CBD is how it works with the body how it affects um, different aspects of your life what different ailments it can be used to treat. Um, basically, it's like, okay, so for me and you being in the cannabis industry, it's not necessarily a book that we would buy for our personal interest. It'll be a book mm-hmm. to buy from your daddy to, hey, mommy, daddy, read this. Okay. It so probably help you while you're aging. See, it can probably help while you're in your aches and pains. Read this book. It's 32 pages. It's not long. It's very informative. It's simple. Just, you know, take a read. Or it's, some, it's a book that I would probably have on my coffee table just so somebody quick reference or something like okay yeah. great great so why why cbd though why didn't you all decide to use um thc or cbn or any of the other cannabinoids um, cbd because one the cbd is the only part of the plant that's real fully worldwide legal Mm-hmm. Once it has less than 0.3% THC, which is barely nothing, it's considered CBD and it's completely legal worldwide. So from that level, it's the same reason why we chose to do CBD products and not THC products, so that we still, we'd still be able to be legal worldwide. Okay. There we go. Um, book-wise, um, I think there's still a lot more information about THC itself that is uncovered. And bring out a book, at least for me, bring out a book like that right now, it's just, it'll be too early. It'll still be in testing phase, it'll still be everything, it's still, I mean, there are certain facts about THC that is factual 100%, but there's still a lot of stuff that is not. Um, you and I might experience, have experiences with THC, and we can see if this is how it works for us, this is how it works for us, but on a general scale, there are not many studies done, or studies published that are 100% guaranteed factual about what THC can actually and how it actually physically affects the human brain, the body system, things like that. We know how cannabinoids affect the system, but to see THC on an exact level, there's still a lot to, um, to learn. True, that, that does make sense. Um... Because I think the first, the first part, person usually hear about cannabis or like you could actually research, is THC. And then the second part of that is, as I said, it affects everyone differently. So it's not the same way CBD, okay, we know that this will help with some pain, this will help with inflammation. 
stage she is more on the psychological level which everybody's brain is wired um differently so yes. uh, apart from cbd um for beginners um what other resources you may direct persons who are now trying to learn more about um cannabis whether it be C- um cbd or thc um for me i just i tell our people do your own research mm-hmm. talk to people who are experienced with cannabis have their experiences talk to your family members family members you usually have the same blood makeup the same chemical makeup within your system so how it affects your mother and your father might be very similar to how it affects you okay. or how it affects your aunt and uncle might be very similar how it affects you um just do your research just don't let anybody give you information and just say well my mother said or oh, i knew this was or this used to be or this is it no forget all that and then listen to yourself Listen to your body, especially when you're putting things in your body. The only thing I can tell you if this is right is your body. Mm-hmm, true. So if you're taking a smoke, see how you feel, how your mind feels after. A lot of people do not like the feeling of having that overthinking happening. That's why people stay away from cannabis because they don't like that racing mind. Thoughts, yeah. yeah, some people who don't like the, the sedative effects, so they, they feel too slouchy, they feel too lazy when they smoke. So just to know your strains and know, to, to know how it affects your personal self is the best way I can tell you if you are coming into this kind of this thing. Just learn how it affects you. Read up on how it affects the general public, but when you really want to have that experience, be very aware of how it affects you and your surroundings. Correct. And well, the general rule for those who now beginning or want to exploit is start, start slow, start small. And as you said, see how it um, affects your body. And if you are getting the desired effects, then you keep at that, that dosage, that strain, whatever it may be. And from there, when you get accustomed, then you, you can explore. Because I, I've heard too many stories where persons start off with an edible. And the thing about edibles is that it can vary so much. Sometimes persons eat the same, from the same um, pan and you yeah. get a different feeling than the next person. So you have to be very aware, especially with, with edibles. So whatever form you're taking it in, always remember to start small and, and study and go from yeah. there. Yeah? yeah. So, um, well, I got a, we got a lot of um, information inside scoops as well as not just on your own personal life, but sort of the, the vision that you, that you have for not just the cannabis community, um, locally, as I said, but just on a on a global level, right? Because again, it's not just Trinidad and Tobago that's trying to to deal with this. It's uh, many different um, places. So, what well, what I want to to really get at now um, is more in terms of the the vision, a little bit more of the vision. Um, is it that you all keeping these ladies of four twenty right now? Um, locally, is you all are planning on establishing? Or to ship to the US, to other parts uh, of the Caribbean? So, ladies of 420 is actually registered as a, as a California company. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so, eventually, we want to take it to the point where we are uh, a uh, cannabis, cannabis, cannabis company. Makes sense? Yeah. Cannabis company. That's going to take years. There's a lot of compliances to apply for. That takes a lot of resources. But for right now, we're registered in California as a retail business. Mm-hmm. So we have the CBD products that are able to retail worldwide. The only issue we have had 
recently is that our e-commerce platform that we use to sell on our website has banned our CBD products. Wow. Yeah, I... so we can't take payment for CBD on our website. But, I mean, they're saying like PayPal, Zelly, and a couple other things that people can Good use. use and shipped internationally. So, as we said, CBD can be shipped internationally legally. So, yeah. Just sit in banking systems, don't accept it. Yeah, I've, I've heard about the struggles of trying to get that um, financing in persons to invest in, in America. Has been. Um, like Bank of America doesn't deal with cannabis mm. products. Um, there's a few small banks like Chase and those that might, but it's very, very rare. Like a lot of these cannabis um, companies in California. You have to bank with smaller banks that don't have as much benefits as Bank of America or these bigger banks would have financial-wise, loan-wise, investment-wise, um, funding-wise. But they have no choice but to deal with these smaller banks because these are the people that will take their money. Wow. Alright. Well, when we come down to the end of um, our episodes, we like to do a little personal trivia um, with our guests. So, one of the first things I want to find out is do you have any particular um a book, a person, an audio that you listen to for inspiration or has inspired you over the years? For cannabis? Just generally, could be cannabis. Just general um, life. There's a lady in Catalonia called Koala Puffs. Um, I actually really have been motivated by how she deals with the cannabis and how she creates mm-hmm. content on this how she has bought her own house off of being a cannabis content creator. <laughs> a little more pushing towards being more of a more vocal in the cannabis community. Okay. And I know that there is there's, there's room for it in the economy that could, people could benefit from monetary wise. Koala Puffs. That name sounds very familiar. I think I was actually listening to a podcast where she was, I guess, um, just re- what sort of products or services does she offer? She literally just smokes, and then she has, mm-hmm. she has her own brand, which has she has her own cannabis brand right now. She does um, surprise boxes, smoke boxes, so you can pay like a subscription and you buy a box and you get a box every month with all her different branded pipes, bongs, dabs, all sort of stuff. Okay, but okay. She, she has um, she's actually been named one of the top 50 ladies of cannabis by High Times last year. So, I mean, she's been doing it. Her brand has been building very quickly within the last couple of years. Vibes. Well, the next question that I have, um, what is your favorite food? Food? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not much of a foodie, but um, I'm going to have to go with maybe like a roti, you know. So, clear, very cliche. <laughs> Yeah, and I don't know, do you have pizza? Like, I'm not a foodie, I'm not a mm-hmm. type of person that, that drools over good-looking food and stuff. I eat because I know mm-hmm. I have to survive. Correct, yeah, um, I understand that feeling. <laughs> yeah, so, like, give me a pizza routine and I'll eat it. And you cool. Alright, and last question, your favorite artist, music. Ooh, music. <laughs> My favorite local artist, without a doubt, is Buzz Rock. I manage Buzz Rock, so that's my plug. Big up Buzz um, Rock. <laughs> outside of outside that internationally, I would have to go with um there's this kinda hip hop rap guy called Toby Nigwe. I actually really am enjoying his music right now. 
I've never heard of him. Like, yeah, I, Nigerian. Yes. Niger, he okay. Is from he is from okay. I'll have to. I'll have to listen to him. He has a mix between R and B and hip hop, mm-hmm. some but he's pro black, so a lot of his stuff is very um, uplifting for black people, which I love. I agree. Well, I'll definitely have to take him in, see how um, see the music, because I've been leaning to different music tastes recently, and I, I I like the music that I'm hearing from, not just the mainstream that you typically typically hear. So I'll definitely but have to check him out. Since we're BET Awards performance, since we're BET Awards performance. You know when you reach BET Awards? Yeah, BET. Yeah. <laughs> you're, not, you're not um underground anymore. So he's pretty much mainstream right now. But he has a real nice message. Mm-hmm. And his, his whole movement, like he's saying with his wife and his kids are always with him. So yeah. I think I know you're speaking what I what we knew about cannabis, but also the sort of direction that we want to take as a community, because sometimes we have this, as I say, a privileged sort of feeling going with it, and we have to be mindful, be mindful of that, and keep that in check. Especially for for me, who who's now entering this this cannabis world, um, who compared compared to someone such as yourself who has been in it for for umpteen years, as you as you said, so. Nice. Next, correct. That's it. That's why. That's the kind of energy that I I want to push and I want others to push. Have that confidence, um, in their cannabis use because it allows them to just be themselves, you know. And like, who who cares about? You're not doing anybody anything. You're you're building yourself as well as you're you're working towards building others. So that's the the main thing. Nothing else should really should really matter there. Um. So yeah. before we do leave, um. Just tell the listeners how they can find you, keep in touch um, with you and the movement. Okay, so I am basically Ayana Wadada across the board on all social platforms. You can also check Ladies of 420. It's ladies dot of dot 420 numbers. Um, yeah, just check out wadadamovement.com. Pretty much everybody's, everything is linked through that website. And See what you want, see what you can do, or see what we can do for you. And link up. We're always open to meeting new people and exploring new avenues that can take, whether it's cannabis or just anything that we're interested in at different levels. So, yeah. Okay, well, thanks so much for, for joining us. Thank Hi. you very much for having me. Hi, give thanks for listening to another episode of the Caribbean Cannabis Channel. Be sure to like, share, and follow. To stay up to date with all the development and behind the scenes happening across the Caribbean cannabis community. Until next time, remember to meditate and educate.